0: This is The Art Life. Hello, I'm Sandra Robinson-Burns, founder of Heroin Training, where you can find my essays and this network of podcasts. This episode is about the art of writing letters. I'm pleased to introduce my pen pal and co-host, actress and activist, Grace Gordon. Grace, how is your
1: art life? My art life is this week has been fantastic because we launched the show and we have just been getting the nicest notes from people who have who have been listening um whether it's your audience whether it's patrons whether it's people i know from the internet or friends in real life we've been receiving such lovely notes and sharing them with each other um one of my patrons and now friends, Sean Leisher, he, he wrote this beautiful Instagram post about how our Art of Wander episode inspired him to like take a, take a wander in the midst of a, a long commute home, basically, and visit an art museum and talk to all of the um, people working there. And he took all these beautiful photos inside the gallery and... Also just wrote a really beautiful post about his perspective changing because he doesn't have a car right now and he was dreading the long commute that he has to take via public transportation. And he and he just like, rather than getting stuck in the normal frustration with that kind of extra long commute, he listened to our show and found an opportunity to have a little adventure and go for a wander and meet new people and it was just so nice to read that oh my gosh um we've been getting a lot of really lovely notes but you know just seeing the like tangible evidence of someone listening to what we talked about and then going and doing it for himself felt so freaking good so my art life is Gosh, I don't know. I mean, it's all about community right now. Um, At least with the launch of this show, I just feel like what I really want as an artist is to have a community that I'm making things for and to be already getting such lovely feedback from people listening makes me feel like I'm on the right track in my art life. I loved reading that,
0: that adventure log, I will call it. And when we receive notes like that or when we see art that's been created like that it makes me feel like we're not only creating something for people but with
1: people as well yes and I feel like it's exactly what we're aiming to do we're not simply saying hey audience listen to what we say we're saying step into the studio join us here Write us letters, by the way. We opened a freaking P.O. box (laughs) for this show so that people could really engage with us um, and feel part of something and, yes, create with us. So it already feels like, having only premiered the show a couple of days ago as we record this, um, it just feels like the ball is rolling towards exactly what I wanted. And I'm just really happy with that. And please... Please
0: share with us if the show inspires you to do something big or small or to shift your perspective big or small and tag us. We also started a hashtag, hashtag this is the art life because hashtag the art life has like a million
1: posts already. Because there are so many people living the art life. So they're all Who welcome knew? to listen to million posts, <laughs> people, people. <laughs>
0: Absolutely, and grace i'm I'm curious what does it feel like for you to be recording this episode as our first episode after hearing back from the audience?
1: I feel like I'm just thinking about specific people as we record mm. now. I'm going, I know who's gonna be listening to this. And I just, you know, I'm just smiling into the microphone right now because I know some of the people who are listening and I'm like, hey, hi, I'm thinking of you. Another really cool thing that happened um, is like, at least for me, in keeping with this theme of like people being part of what we're making and contributing something, there was a glitch um in our second episode that has since been fixed and the episode's been re-uploaded. So um it's no longer there. But there was a glitch in the end of the second episode and uh, I got a message from my roommate Keitra and we got a really lovely email from a mutual friend Lori Kim um who also is a podcaster and, and writer and she sent us this lovely email congratulating us and just letting us know about the glitch. And these, you know, well, she and Katra are two women who are not only friends, but artists who I really admire. And, like, they were just both so sweet about, like, hey, just so you know, there's a little thing. And with Lori, like, including the timestamps of, <laughs> like, uh-huh. where there was an error. not It was not obnoxious. It was like, I'm so excited for you guys. You might want to check this out. And I was able to go, oh, gosh, you know, and fix it. And it's it's all better now. But that was also such a cool moment where it felt like, man, we already have a community that's like looking out for us and and not sending us emails being like, there's a mistake here. But, mm. you know, their peop- fellow artists saying, oh, hey, you might want to just edit this little thing. I'm so excited about this show, which is a very different attitude, obviously. Um, I'm, I'm so happy that that happened because that too made me feel like, almost like, oh, there's a safety net. Yeah. Like we're launching this thing forward that we've poured our hearts and souls into and that has already, because we've been working on it, it between ourselves for six months, it's already affected our lives so much and our art so much. And to have it out in the world now and already have friends, you know, contributing and have feedback from people we love, who we know are out in the world also creating great art to have a community already there ready to catch us when we have a little fall a little stumble like that feels amazing and it makes me it makes me feel you know even better about putting this out into the world yeah zandra how is your art life my art life is
0: outdoors I think a lot of this was inspired by our Art of the Wander, or our Yurt Life episode, both of them. But also, a couple of weeks ago, I was at Ruckus Retreat, which, did I mention that on the show? I don't remember. I don't
1: think you mentioned it.
0: Well, Ruckus Retreat is an interdisciplinary creative retreat in the Welsh countryside, in a manor house in the hills, and it's this blissful experience. And I was presenting a few workshops there, one of which was called Designing Your Dream Routine. And especially because I was about to lead this workshop, I led by example in my own life and took notes of what specific details of this blissful experience were what made it so beautiful. This is something that I like to do whenever I'm on vacation or somewhere where I'm just in awe of my surroundings and of my current experience. I take notes of, well, what what are the contributing factors and maybe I can take something home. And the two things that really stood out to me at Ruckus were very transferable to my daily life, in that there was tea on tap, there was just a a switch where you can have instant access to hot water, and so I would carry around a little teacup and top it up in the library when it was empty and just have tea constantly all day. And then the other thing was that we had this wonderful access to the outdoors. The setting that we were in inspired me to spend as much time outdoors on the patio or on the lawns or in the gardens or in a tree as I possibly could. And those two things are what I have brought home with me. And so when I've been meeting friends, I've asked them to meet me for a walk on the water of Leith or in a park with my dog, and I bring my little takeaway coffee cup. I fill it with tea. And it has that little tea cozy that you made me, Grace. Oh, my gosh. So you're gosh. there with us. <laughs> and it's just been so wonderful to meet people
1: outdoors for a change. We talked about that quite a lot. I feel like it was something we we landed on, or at least I landed on in our Art of Wander episode. I realized, "Oh, I can invite people along with me on these spontaneous adventures that I have." Um you don't always have to go at it alone. It doesn't always have to be a private thing. So I love that you've been having a lot of opportunities to do that, especially after we just went into that on the show. It was so inspiring and I-
0: it can start by asking someone, do you want to meet for a coffee? And then they'll say, sure, where do you want to go? I'm like, let meet me at this bench. Love that. So today we're talking about writing letters, which is something that has been important to both of us, and to both of us together, to the extent that there seemed to be no other way but to begin episode one of this program by reading letters out loud to each other. And as we were discussing this episode last week, as we were putting the notes together, the term letter writing legacy came up. And Grace, those were your words, so would you like to get us started by telling us what letter writing
1: legacy means to you? So the reason that came up for me was that I saw you post an Instagram story recently where you mentioned or you had a photo of a letter that your mom wrote you, and you referred to her, you know, as like the queen of letter writing or something like that. Um, and you had a photo of the letter and I could see like the little, um, you have a very distinctive style of, of letter writing. You always include little clippings, um, from magazines or, uh, business cards of the coffee shop that you wrote the letter at, um, little, little quotes that you find on your travels. You have such a distinctive way of, of writing and including these little parts of your life within the letter, um, little special additional goodies. And with the photo that you posted, I saw that your mom does that too. Yes. She had a, you know, a similar distinctive style. and and then I got to thinking because i've I've loved writing letters since I was so young. Um, I got to thinking about the fact that the whole reason that I do it is my grandmother, my paternal grandmother, was a really um, consistent, not even long letter writer, but, um, just note sender. She would do, she would, you know, send me a couple pages from, um, the, whatever, you know, the, the New York Times, if it was, you know, an article about Daniel Radcliffe, because obviously I was a huge Harry Potter fan. Um, she would send me just, like, a little note on her personalized stationery just saying she was thinking of me. And it was all very classy and very fabulous. But um, she, you know, she didn't need to write a three-page letter about her thoughts and feelings all the time, which is what I do. It was just as simple as, like, a little little something to make me feel like I was thought of. And my stepmom, Julie, who passed away when I was 14... She was also a really avid letter writer and card sender. And I always had, you know, birthday cards from her, Valentine's Day cards, Easter, anything, any holiday, anytime she just wanted to send a word of encouragement if I was going through a hard time. I would have letters from her in the mail, many of which I still have from both of them. And seeing your your post, you know, it it reminded me that, oh, we both inherited this. We're, you know, we both learned this, this, um, practice from, from women in our families. And it's, you know, maybe at this point, it is a tradition that has to be personally handed down because people are always so surprised when I say, like, unless they're you, people are always so surprised (laughs) when I say I love writing letters, Um, they're like, oh, wow, you know, that's so old fashioned or whatever it is. And, uh, and, and for me, it's like just a thing that you do. You send a thank you note, you send a a card, you send a, a letter. It's not something that I think of as other or old fashioned. And it's because it's a tradition that was part of my life and that I adopted, I guess, because it's just what you do. Letter writing is a way of life,
0: and as usual, since pressing record, new ideas that I had never thought of around this topic have emerged, and I really like what you said when you described your grandma as a note sender, and it got me thinking about how everyone has their own voice as a letter writer. In a way that people will have their own voice as a writer in general or as a speaking voice.
1: Yeah, I don't even think that that occurred to me. Or it just wasn't a fully formed thought or opinion until I saw your post. So your mom obviously is a prolific letter writer as well. Was she the kind of parent that made you write thank you notes after holidays or birthdays? Oh, absolutely. In fact, and I think if you
0: said... If you asked my mom, she wouldn't describe herself as a prolific letter writer, but I think that is indicative of how naturally it, it comes to her, how, how much a part of her it is. And not only did she have us write thank you notes, but she ran a, a small stationery business, out of our home. And when when I was born, so was this stationery business. So I've literally grown up alongside it where she has these books and books of personalized cards and would have people come over to the house and pick out their wedding invitations or Christmas cards or just personal notes to write thank yous from and so we had this access to always having cards with our names on them that we'd picked from these boxes um, from these from these collections my mom was always interested in etiquette and um, and so we were just that was just part of my upbringing and I it surprises me that that's something that's not a part of everyone's upbringing.
1: I think it's so funny that we're calling this letter writing legacy and you're quite literally like an heiress to a stationary <laughs> business. <laughs> like my like I didn't even know that going into this, and now my fantasy <laughs> of you is like <laughs> that you're you're the that you're going to inherit like a, a stationary <laughs> empire. That's the dream. <laughs> Yeah, so and it is funny. I mean, do you get the same feedback from uh, from people, um, new people, where they're surprised that you do this? I don't think so, because and
0: the other thing I was thinking about was how how much letter writing is a part of my work, where I write these postcards for Everyday Wonderland, and it's my program for finding magic where you already are. And I do that by sending a digital postcard each week. So obviously that had some sort of postal theme to it. But then I realized that my writing process for everything that I write, whether it's an essay or a postcard or a marketing email, I have to start with Dear Reader. That's just how it starts on the page. And that, especially for a marketing email, that helps me write it in my own way, rather than the way that I feel like I should because it is introducing a product.
1: And was your business always run this way?
0: No. Um, it was only recently that I i don't know when or why I started doing this. Um, maybe when I decided to start Everyday Wonderland, I got used to writing as if I were writing postcards. On emails, writing um, postcards or letters, depending on how long the content was. But especially um, something that surprised me was in setting up my Patreon. I now have another piece of writing that I publish every week called A Secret Story, where I tell a little behind the scenes extra story or something around the essay that i've published or the vignette or poem that i've published and at first i just included the text and then it felt off to me so i added in the dear reader to that too and now it's just that's
1: just how i write so i'm i'm really excited right now because my part of my preparation for this episode was even just minutes before we started recording jotting down a couple questions i had for you and one of the things that i wrote down was um like why send a letter why send snail mail when you can send an email and a discovery that i'm having is you make your emails into letters and postcards yeah like rather than making the choosing a medium rather than choosing a medium and going this is better You made the digital medium work for you, and I just find that so inspiring. Thank you.
0: I wrote an essay a little while back called Like Owl Post when I was feeling particularly grumpy about the online world, and I envisioned this fantasy in which I print out my essays every week, put stamps on them, and post them out, preferably by owl, to whoever wants to read them. And just coming up with that visualization made me ask myself every week after that, how can this be more like owl post, even if it's not on tangible paper? But you do inspire me to, you particularly attract the handwritten word where I think of something that I want to text you or even tell you on a Skype call, and then I think, this would be better in a letter. She would appreciate this in a letter. So I write it down and put a stamp on it and send it to you. And it's worth... It actually it's better to have that wait of a couple of weeks to hear back from once you've received the story because I'm, I'm just bubbling in anticipation of, oh, when is she going to... Received this idea.
1: Well, and it also brings us back to this concept that I talked a lot about in last episode of integration. We're sort of integrating the technology with the handwritten, with the you know analog. Mm. And one of the things that's special about a relationship is we met in person, and we immediately established that we were letter writers, and we formed this pen pal relationship um this international pen pal relationship and um i remember one thing in in your i believe it was your first letter written to me where where you um you talked a little bit about my instagram in your what did i say in your handwritten letter well I you don't remember this. It, you were you were very sweet i mean you were just you, i don't remember exactly what you said for uh, for people who are listening who aren't aware of this it's like i do a lot of um lingerie modeling uh, or you know, art modeling, and um, some of it can be you know very sensual, right? And you, you just wrote something you know really sweet about. It. You were like, oh my goodness, like I'm, you know, I'm. You didn't say shocked because it it wasn't like a it wasn't a, a aggressive word. It was like you know you were exposed to this part of me that you didn't know about me when you met me in person at an activism you know leadership training conference. And you were like, "Oh, like what a discovery! Like oh my goodness!" <laughs> and I, I'm remembering this now, and I just loved it because, because as someone who has so much um, fear around like integrating even different parts of my personality in all of the spaces that I inhabit, it was so nice to have this like handwritten piece of evidence (laughs) that someone i meet in one context you know can accept me in another just as like you're learning how to bring your love of the the old-fashioned the analog into the digital platform so it's just it's just cool how all of these things have like blended together um in our friendship and in our work i i remember that I remember that letter now and I can't remember
0: the words that I used but I think what struck me was not only the content and the visuals of what you were posting but the what you were saying as well. How you would caption your photos and what you would say on your stories to really shake up people's
1: attention and surprise them with what they expected to see there. Speaking of... Surprising people with what they expect to see on my Instagram. I recently um, did a little short live stream about writing to political prisoners.
0: Ooh, I haven't seen this yet.
1: Part of the challenge and the joy of the platform that I have, you know, the platform that I have on something like Instagram is there are a lot of people that go to my page for with, you know, with an idea that they have of me because of a certain image that I have. Um, and then they get to know me better, either cap- in captions or watching my story or whatever it is. And they and they see a lot of other sides of me. And I'm very intentional about that. Um, I don't want to just, you know, I, I want to show up fully as myself. And I recently spoke a lot. And I'm this is something I'm actually going to do like a long post about on Patreon, inc- including instructions and links on uh, where to find people to write to and how to do this and um, how to not break any rules like of prisons when you're sending books and, and letters to prisoners. Um, but yeah, I, I, I did a little mini livestream about it because my roommate Katra and I have been trying to commit to every week spending some time together, being accountable to each other, to do an activism task. And when I was younger, uh, when I was a teenager in Philly, one of my favorite activism tasks was um, volunteering for Books Through Bars, which is a nonprofit in Philly that receives letters from um, incarcerated people asking for reading material, and often it's a request for um, GED prep books, um, books about you know starting a business for when they are released, um, and and also often you know requests for fiction, requests for really specific books or you've just a genre um we would get these handwritten letters and then send books back from like the warehouse that we had of book donations and from there I learned about how you could write to political prisoners you can write in the U.S. to currently incarcerated activists who are incarcerated for you know charges that have been brought up against them either for their activism or for unrelated things um But there are there are very many activists um, who are currently incarcerated for long sentences or without even getting sentences who are freaking lonely. And um, I mean, if you watch something like When They See Us, the Ava DuVernay four part miniseries on Netflix that came out last year or this year, sorry, this year you'll, you know, you get a, you get some insight into how the criminal justice system works in the U S and, um, how people can get lost in the system, even who are completely innocent. And, uh, you know, thank God that's a whole other conversation, but thank God for, for artists like her who are making work, um, that opens people's eyes if they don't know about certain, certain real world issues. But yeah, so I learned about all this when I was pretty young and I, I, learned about like specific people who are incarcerated who you can write letters to people are they just are starving for connection they're starving to just hear about life in the world and one of the things that people will say in like these sort of how-to um, pages online is like go into detail, like, about your life, like, talk about Harry Potter, that was actually an example used on one of these sites, um, was specifically Harry Potter, they were, like, when you're in prison, the, everything can feel so gray, you forget, like, about, the vibrancy and the just the experiences that exist outside of prison walls so people want to read about your life um and it's not boring and it's not bragging to to show up and and tell them all about you and 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 give them an address to write back to um and just make sure that they know that they're supported and thought of, um, especially people who, I mean, there are many, there are many incarcerated activists who have, who are Black Panthers, who have been in prison since the 60s, (laughs) so this is Mm -hmm. just like, um, a, a little, a little corner of my activist life, but, you know, yet another way that, um, letter writing can have a huge impact on someone, and can be part of your art, and part of your platform, and, um, it's, it's something that I feel like I can share with people about myself, even on Instagram where people might follow me cause I'm a sexy girl where they can go, Oh, okay. Who's this? <laughs> you know, what's happening? Um, you know, so that, that's just something I'm, I'm proud of that I shared recently that I you know now realize, Oh, this is related to today's episode. <laughs> 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 I didn't even think about it.
0: It's related in, in so many ways to the episode topic to the Instagram letter um integration as you say and i'm so glad that we get to explore what actors and activists what the act what the activist part of your life looks like and i'm wondering how did writing letters to the prisoners influence your letter writing style in general
1: so i had quite a few friends when i was a teenager go to prison um on you know different friends from different circles but i mean i was out protesting when i was a teenager and you know with occupy movement with black lives matter different communities and i had friends who were homeless um i had a number of friends when i was young who were really good people who even you know looked out for me in the communities that i was part of looked out for my safety um get jail time when i was young and mm-hmm. so those were obviously personal relationships but i wrote to some of those people when they were incarcerated and i i know firsthand how much of a, a freaking saving grace that can gosh that sounds so dorky to say saving grace and I, I don't mean that i am but i know how much of a saving grace personal connection with the outside can be And it has influenced my letter writing because my style is definitely very um, heavy on the I'm here for you, I care for you message, Mm. even to my friends. I tend to write long, sentimental letters. (laughs) That is who I am. Um, And I also tend to write a lot about books or, you know, whatever I'm listening to or watching. And I do think, you know, I'm a bookish person and, and I'm a, you know, artist who consumes a lot of art. But part of that was because I would be writing when I was younger to people who didn't have as much access or who needed reading material. So I could send them things, and, you know, and learn about their tastes. Um, so I think in both of those ways that influenced my, my letter writing style. Um, you know, both the intention to, to use it as a way to to communicate care for people and, the, and um, to connect on things like books when you're not sure what else to connect on. But also, I just think that I have this really extreme experience of knowing how much that can um, matter to someone. I had a lot of health problems also when I was a kid. And, uh, I was in the hospital a lot when I was very young and I had friends like in middle school who wrote me letters when I was in the hospital, you know, months at a time. I would, I would be out of the state, but I would get letters from my friends and I still have all of those.
0: Mm. Like I
1: have boxes of letters, um, you know, and I know, I don't mean at all to be heavy in this episode. I know that like I'm, I'm touching on obviously some personal experiences that have been rough. Um, but it's not. I'm not. I don't look back on any of this as like, oh, this is traumatic. It's like, wow, how lucky am I that I have these letters from people, when either I was sick, or they were incarcerated, or like from my stepmom who passed away when she was very young. Like, how lucky am I that I have these physical pieces of art? They are pieces of art for me. There, and you know, memories with people that date back to you know when I was 11. Um, I just feel so, so grateful because I have been on the receiving end of letters when I am, you know, feeling lonely and I can reread them now, even more than a decade later, and remember someone or just remember that funny moment that we shared that they reference. Um, but also, it, it feels really good when you have received that kind of care to know that you can give that to someone, whether it's just a friend who's going through a hard time or a stranger who's you know imp- imprisoned or or just like a word of encouragement or or gratitude or even like a hey congrats on the podcast coming out something as simple as that like my grandmother who would just write like a couple sentences at most in her cards i just know how important it is and how special it is to be able to keep those things i am wondering sandra I was very excited to ask you if you keep your letters because you are a minimalist, which I am definitely not. <laughs> I do keep my letters.
0: I, I don't keep every single letter anymore like I used to because what I've learned is that the letters get more airtime if there are fewer of them. And I think you will enjoy how I keep my letters which is not in a letter box, but tucked one by one into books on my bookshelf. No way. <laughs> way. <laughs> when I decide to keep a letter, I find a book on my bookshelf that doesn't already have a letter in it and I tuck it in there and it becomes a bookmark for when I'm reading that book too. So this is another thing you'll notice on my Instagrams is if I take a picture of reading a book, and I did one of these posts during our countdown to launching this show. I, I had a book that you recommended, and it was bookmarked by a card that was sent to me from our friend Sarah Mitchell, and it's it was sort of a, a random selection of a letter, but that pairing gives extra meaning to something like holding one's place in a book.
1: So I'm so curious if you are able to keep track of specific letters, like in your mind palace, do you know that, you know, this letter from your mom is tucked into this book? Or is it more like you rediscover it when you pick up that book again? It is
0: mostly a rediscovery, but I usually sort of subconsciously put the letter into a book that makes sense. Whether it's an aesthetic match or it's like a, oh, Grace would like this book. So I put the letter, uh, the Grace letter into that book. Um, I'll I'll be taking note as I pick up books from my bookshelf from now on, now that we've delved into this in a little
1: more detail. This is so amazing. It's so you. But it sparks so much inspiration in me. I'm like, you're, you know, it... it it makes me want to come to your house and Great. look at your books, and it makes me. I mean, it just so fully embodies the art life, right? That is, that is, um, you're filling, you're filling the few books that you keep because you are a minimalist, with letters from people you love, and and uh, from you know specifically, maybe subconsciously, sometimes, sometimes not, matching the letters with the person with the with the book that it goes in like it's just a work of art in itself. Thank you. I
0: hadn't thought of it that way, but as as per usual with this show, I start to see more and more of what I'm already doing as counting as art. And I would be I would be remiss to close this episode without mentioning that As a child, my best pen pal was my friend Aaron, who performs as Rory and does the music for the show.
1: Mind blown. I have to ask you are letters art? Oh, yes. Have you ever read a collection of letters from like famous writers or, or people from history? I have to think about this. I'm sure I must have. I ask because I recently, when I was in Paris like two years ago, I picked up a book at Shakespeare & Co., of course, called um, Love Letters of Great Women, and it was like letters from different um, famous women through history with a little bit of backstory on their lives and then like a letter to one of their lovers, and it was just so beautiful, and I learned so much too about that period in time just from reading the letter itself not even from the backstory like I feel like I learned so much history and so much about you know what rights women had at the time and and how a family structure looked at that point in history just from a a love letter and it just made me yet again it just made me so happy that this is part of my life and it made me wish more like even more than I already do that more people wrote letters um I'm so happy that we set an intention to to make this show our way and that I opened this PO box so that people could write to us. And if you are listening right now, you know, the address is in the bumper and on our website. We want your letters. Like we, want, we hope that this inspires you, if not to mail us, then of course to send a little thank you note in the mail or, you know, a postcard to your mom, whatever it is that you want to do. I just, I love this practice. It's So important to me, and I I love to think that maybe someone will be inspired by this episode. Would you like to say a few words
0: about why it was so important for you to open a P.O. box for this?
1: So I always go through periods of time where I don't want social media at all, where I get very flooded by the, the too many different platforms, too much access not liking engaging in this way and when we were in the midst of production for the show i started to get a little anxious admittedly about like well are we gonna have to start Mm. a twitter for the art life you know are we gonna have to start an instagram to market it like uh, <laughs> like more social media, What's I want the impact on the grid? And yeah, the impact on the grid, you know, I'm um, needing to use Twitter more because podcasters do. I was like, oh man, there's all of these ways that this is going to make my social media usage increase when what I want more than anything is to decrease it. And somewhere in there, in this, conversation both about our show but just about my own frustrations about time spent on social media somewhere in there we came up with the idea that we can do this our way this is our show this is our art and we can set an example as we do in this show of a different way of living and so we rushed to open a p.o box and also open an email account that people can email us at but it was like we, we don't want a Twitter for the art life. We don't want to talk to you on Twitter. We'd like a, a letter. We'd like a, you know, a, a long email, if it must be an email. Um, we want to communicate with you all differently because it, that's who we are. And we want to find the people who are, are right for us. And those aren't people who are just tweeting up a storm. Um, or we want to invite them, at least. To communicate with us in a different way. And I will say that the responses that
0: we've received for the show so far, even though they've been digital, have really felt like little letters and postcards to me.
1: I totally agree. I even had someone send me like a, an article, a Vice article today about like this island that there's a bunch of, um, art installations and performances and, and, uh, there's there's been a ton of pieces and performances that have happened on this specific island like throughout history and he sent me this like really cool article about this place going oh i'm listening to your show i love it so much also i thought you would like this article and i was like ooh, like now you know now we're also sharing fun stories because of the show and i'm learning new information because of the show that's so exciting i think having a p.o box
0: even if people don't use it, even if an individual doesn't use it. I think it really conveys what we are hoping to receive from communication, where sometimes when I listen to a podcast, or um, when I see a fringe show, the people running it will say, please tweet about this. And I understand that word of mouth is, is how these things get going. And I want to I want to be clear that we're not only asking for the audience to help us with spreading the word, but we also want to hear your your what you would say next in the conversation. So yes, tell a friend if this show reminds you of them. Um, it doesn't
1: have to be a tweet, but it can be. <laughs> and so much of this show is about approaching life in a slower, more deliberate way and taking the time to be more thoughtful and not reactionary, and we're offering, like, a really specific way to do that, even within the context of a podcast. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I feel good about it. Another thing that I'll just end this, this love letter to love letters (laughs) story with, (laughs) um, is I was watching a friend's live stream, uh, on Instagram this week. He's, um, He's, like, a big horror fan and, and artist in his own right. Um, this, like, Instagrammer, Alex Vincent. And he was talking about everything from horror movies to, like, playing piano while live streaming. And it was just a really fun, like, creative moment. Um, but I asked him what his favorite book was, and he talked about the invention of Hugo mm. Cabret. And he was talking about when, how when he was younger, when he read it for the first time, he wrote a letter to Brian Selznick, the author, and how he wrote him back. And that was like so cool for him. And he remembers that so distinctly. And I was like, oh, it's also so cool to know that like people can write us a letter and we can write them back and that that might be really gratifying for a listener. And that's not the same thing at all as like sending a tweet. It's just not. Receiving a tweet back, not the same feeling. We want to give you something too. Not just a retweet. More than a retweet.
0: Grace, what is the art life?
1: The art life is creating for my community. Zandra, what is the art life? The art life is care. Oh, I just love that. I think that's the common thread. So if people want to be part of Everyday Wonderland and receive these digital postcards, or just hear more about what you're writing, and especially, can I just say, read the essay that you published today. That was my favorite thing you've ever written. Where can people find you, Sandra?
0: I did it. I wrote the essay that I was talking about last episode when I was saying, I think I'm writing about this. I did it. It's called Just Lying on the Rug. And you can find it where all of my essays are available for free on herointraining.com. I can send them to you in digital form at the moment at HeroinTraining.com/slash/subscribe. I also post them on Instagram at Heroin Training. And if you'd like to read more about Everyday Wonderland, now is a particularly good time to do so because between you and me, the end of the month is the best time to join, as we'll be starting a new theme at the beginning of the next month. And you can do that at Everyday Wonder dot land and um i don't know what the new theme will be yet but i can tell you that in choosing a theme to focus on we will guide we will find guidance for our mini adventures throughout the month through that theme i've named a few of them from the past in our past few episodes and it'll be something new and i can promise you that Every week, it will take one minute of your time to bring more adventure and magic into your life, and that will come from a call to adventure at the end of a digital
1: postcard. Grace? Fabulous.
0: Thank you. Where can
1: people find your art? I mostly use Instagram as my main source of social media, my main platform for social media, and that's at Grace Gordon Official. I talked a lot today about the different parts of myself that are shown on there, and for all of my complaints about social media I do really f- love Instagram because it is a highly curated feed that for me is much more comfortable than like a stream of consciousness Twitter or a uh, sometimes too personal Facebook <laughs> so um I am posting art modeling I am posting thoughts about writing to incarcerated activists. I am doing all sorts of things on Instagram, but to get a really, a closer look to get how to's, to get live streams and blog posts and full drop boxes of modeling work, etc. I post everything I work on at patreon.com slash grace Gordon official. And I should add one of the tiers on my Patreon is a letter writing tier I do a lot of physical mail for my Patreon. I almost treat it like a Kickstarter. I love sending out physical rewards, so I have made that a huge part of that platform. Um, So if you're interested in receiving letters every month or packages, book mail, etc., that is definitely the place to be. I love giving those things to my patrons. And you can join the community there. Wonderful.
0: This is The Art Life, a heroin training podcast with Grace Gordon and me, Zandra Robinson-Burns. You can find us online at theartlife.show and send letters to The Art Life, Care of Grace Gordon, P.O. Box number 4292, Valley Village, California, 91607, or email us theartlife@herointraining.com. Our theme music is The Stream by Rory. Thank you for joining us.